ladies and gentlemen, you already know what time it is. It is Amazon of Botch. You already know, man. The boy Dwayne is back in the building with another episode of Life's a Botch. And this is going to be a fun episode. This might actually be the most hardcore episode out of any episode we've done right here on Life's a Botch. And I use that pun very, very lightly because, well, I'm in front of a hardcore legend. And, well, if you're listening on the audio version, then you'll have to catch the video version so you can see who, but you're going to see it in the title anyways. So, ladies and gentlemen, first and foremost, thank y'all so much for 50 dope episodes of this show actually over 50 at this point now and we're still going consistently for you guys so you already know i like to do this really dope and bring legendary guests on this show man and i couldn't get more legendary than the art the, the guests and i'm actually going to call him an artiste because that's exactly what he has been from his matches and need i mind you his promos because ladies and gentlemen this guy <laughs> man if it's one thing i can always say about this guest in front of me it's definitely that there is not a single promo this man has never cut in a very poetic and artistic like way to where you couldn't help but quote the raven nevermore that's right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about none other than the ECW legend, the hardcore legend, the WCW original, and of course, arguably the greatest WWF hardcore champion of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about none other than the one, the only Raven. Sir, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good. How you doing, man? Man, doing phenomenal, sir. I'm doing phenomenal. Now, you're probably wondering, why do I have a Kindle stick in my hand? Now, there's- I was wondering that because, and it's also taped together. It looks like it's falling (laughs) apart. (laughs) Actually, it is. There's a story behind that. Here's why. This is a very Kindle stick that you, my friend, actually held and you beat one of your favorite rivals to death with this very Kindle stick. I'm talking none other than the Impact Wrestling event that was held here in Atlanta two years ago, known as the A-Town Beatdown. And it was when they did an Impact show, and it was kind of a double taping because they did an Impact Wrestling show, but then they did a TNA anniversary show right afterwards, which featured legends like yourself and Tommy Dreamer and a lot of TNA originals from back in the day. Um, got to see Kid Cash come back and different things like that. And so what happened was I was ringside for that very show. And, you know, you actually made the save. You helped Tommy Dreamer in a feud. He was going in with, uh, Sa- with uh, Sammy Callahan and his, uh, his flock, if you will. Uh, <laughs> and I remember you coming out and, you know, you saved him. You basically saved him. Everybody thought really that you gave, you gave the pun, you know, you made it seem like you were actually going to do something to Dreamer, given the rivalry you guys have had, and you actually saved them. But I felt in my heart of hearts, I was like, these two have a history. So I feel like Raven's going to mess around and turn on Dreamer in some kind of fashion. And later, lo and behold, you took this very Kindle stick and you proceeded to hammer it down on Tommy Dreamer. Now, how I ended up with it was because of my good deeds of helping out the uh, production crew after the show. Um, One of the producer ladies, um, 
actually this kid no stick was still kind of ringside on the ground and she actually was just like hey you know what here you go thank you so much for helping me out on today and i was like oh my gosh i get to have a kindle stick the very kindle stick that was just used and so it's taped together like that because actually man you did a number on that guy with this thing it was actually <laughs> quite uh torn apart so i had to do this to kind of doctor her up just a little bit just to keep the form a little bit but man it still has its uh its scars its battle scars if you will still got so my dna me and still got me and dreamers dna on it yeah you know and and this given the history of you guys as hardcore legends and the blood sweat and tears you guys have given over the years i could not not keep this thing and make sure it's it lived up to its hardcore you know status so I keep this baby as a wonderful trophy in hopes that one day, you know, uh, this is a virtual interview, but one day when I get to see you again, Raven, and I get to see some of the other hardcore legends, just have nice autographs, you know, upon this here Kindle sure. stick and, uh, you know, definitely something that I hold near and dear to me. So he's going to probably be chilling with me for a while throughout this event, just because, you know, again, you're such a hardcore legend, man. It's only fitting to have a Kendo stick handy. You know, why not? Why not? But yeah, uh, why not? How how are you we're, feeling uh, this evening, man? How, good, how, how good. You know, um, the crazy where, where thing you, about you, that you show. Said you, live, you said you live in Atlanta. I do. Yes, sir. I'm in, where, Atlanta. We're in Atlanta. Um, we're in Atlanta. So where I am is the northeastern part of Atlanta. So it's kind. It's considered Gwinnett County because it's a big county. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I live. I live in Atlanta. Do you really? I, I lived in Vinings. Well, I, I just moved to Kennesaw, but uh, just bought a okay. house in Kennesaw. But I had a condo in Vinings since '97. Nine, no, oh. since '99. I've lived in Atlanta since '97. Wow! All those man, I never knew that. You know, yeah. it's like it's amazing when you find out who really lives out this way because a lot of times, like you're used to guys kind of like. It used to be, it used to be all the WCW guys lived here, but the mm -hmm. only ones that live here still are me, the Steiners, Swinger, DDP, um, Buff, and uh, I think everybody else has moved on out of the state. Moved out of so the state. Man, that is so amazing. See, this is what I love about Atlanta because it's like so many people, just you know, wrestlers, athletes, uh, musicians, they all live in Atlanta, and it's just amazing how. Big of a city, yet small it is at the same time. Yeah. You realize who's all out here. So, like, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, I definitely, definitely have to connect with you all fair, man. And, 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 and you know, like I said, this was this was a symbol, man. I had to just, like, oh, I had to keep this. When I got this, I was oh, like, yeah. this is forever coming with me. And it's actually kind of cool holding a Kindle stick because now when I see as a fan what it feels like having this thing, I actually had to test hitting myself with this thing and i'm like of course. man yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like it does suck when you take shots with this thing man and i i commend you guys so much for so many years of like battle scars from this stuff man because boy this is a way to tell any casual that doesn't believe in what we do i'm like okay you want to take a shot with this kendo stick real quick let me show you how, how this how this feels man if you don't yeah. feel the impact you'll feel it all right but uh Man, um, sir, let's 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 get into some um the people definitely want to know about you that don't already know about you, man. I mean, your status is super legendary and goes on forever in terms of resume. I mean, you've been in the ring with the best of the best 
And I mean, just you name it from talent still going to this day, future talent going on right now, even to just legendary talents like yourself that all came up at the same time. So um, let's talk about, first and foremost, what was your background into what got you into wrestling? Like, um, was there anything you were into before wrestling and, and, or was it just always wrestling was something you wanted to do? Like, how did that come about for you, Raven? Uh, I wanted to be a pro wrestler when I was a kid, but, you know, and then I just never thought I would, you know, actually do it. You know, people don't actually do that, yeah. you know? Um, and, uh, you know, I was from a, you know, upper middle class, white collar family. So I, you know, went to college and, uh, went to University of Delaware, but then I took a semester off, went in the Marine Corps, uh, went to boot camp, then went in the reserves. And, uh, and I was going to go into the, uh, the FBI or the CIA or something like that for a career. But uh, I decided I want to be a pro wrestler. I figured, man, I, I got to give it a shot. I don't want to be 50 years old going, man, I could have done that. I should have done that. You know, I don't want to, didn't want to live with regrets. So I figured if I'm unsuccessful, that's okay. But at least I tried, you know, because mm -hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't really matter whether you're a success or a failure in something It matters whether you try. Yes. Trying's all that matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that because, you know, a lot of people sometimes don't really go through with their dream. You know, like like you said, when you see mm -hmm. wrestling and you know, like it's something you want to do, but you don't quite, you know, and I can imagine um, nowadays it seems like it has easier access because Internet is literally everywhere. So you can look up wrestling schools. Uh, you can literally... Yeah, there was, there were three, there were like three wrestling schools when I started. Otherwise, you had to know somebody. Man, and that's that's crazy trying to think about that to this day, you know, like how back then, and I think that was part of my problem, like growing up, because I'm in a generation where like I'm young enough to know today's internet, but like growing up for me when I was <laughs> like a kid watching you guys, like when you really wanted to do it, it was like internet was around, but it wasn't as instant as it is now. Uh, so I'm 31, I'm 31 going on uh, 32. And I know for me, um, internet didn't really get like to fray. Like, you know, I was in the dial up generation, of course, like, you know, so- Oh, were like, you? Yeah, you know, so for me and my and like, and my as prime a kid? childhood- You mean as a kid? Yeah, as a kid, you know, like- yeah, as, as a kid, kid, I didn't have internet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you I see what I mean? Internet like, till I was in my twenties or thirties, I guess. Oh yeah, like it's 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 crazy, you know. Um, the evolution of just having things at the palm of your hand. Where now, you know, like I'm at a point now where I'm still young enough where I can actually look up some things, and so wrestling school is still something that I look into in terms of even if I can't be an in-ring talent, taking my personality and using it to help business in some type of way of you know, ring announcing or, you know, backstage sure. interviewing, you know, different things like that, mm -hmm. where now it's at the palm of my hand to find out what schools are near me. But like, at that time, you know, watching you guys, it was like internet was around, but you know, you couldn't really just say, okay, how do I even find, oh, there's a school for this? Like, well, it would take you six hours with a dial-up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was never fun. Dial-up was I, never I never, fun. I never played on, I never used a computer till after dial-up was done, I think. Oh man, yeah. When that, was dial-up done? When, when did they finish up dial-up? They finished that. I want to say mid two thousands because at that point DSL started coming along, and 
then after DSL, they just basically started going all wireless internet, I believe, at that point. And that's when we were just like, oh, okay, as long as you got a router, you're you're pretty much able to do just about whatever, you know. Um, so yeah, it's 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 amazing how they um Yeah, I'd be curious. I'd be curious like when when dial up was officially over. Like what yeah. year? I bet that was like around 2000, maybe, you think? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I want to say about mid two thousands or so is when because they. I'm trying to think when I first started playing on a computer, you know, which I used so sparingly, you know, mm. um, like you know, I use my phone, like you know, if I have the news and stuff like that. But I mean, I'm not a. Basically, all I need a phone for is, uh, you know, besides calls, is internet and uh, I mean email and. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, email and uh, and you know an occasional website I look on, but I don't use a computer a lot. Like I, I don't have mm-hmm. that, I don't have that dialed in, you know, not, not dialed up, but dialed in um, ability like kids that were born with the computer, like you're saying, like with yeah. the computer generation, <laughs> you know, who use it like you know like it's nobody's business. Like when my I came from a generation where you didn't know how to type, you know, nobody knew how to type. Mm-hmm. Only only girls knew how to type because they had to take typing. You know, guys didn't take typing. <laughs> you know, although I did take yeah. one year of typing, I think one semester of high school was typing, and I think I maxed out at 25 words a minute with no mistakes. Yeah, which is horrible. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't have to take a typing class till like high school, so I, I know exactly what you mean. Like that was yeah, like now, my... now they learn how to type when they're like in first grade, don't they? First, yeah, first grade. It's 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 crazy, man. Like it's just a who knew, you know, that's computers have evolved now where it's just like it's everything. I mean, I have nieces and nephews who are like able to hold a pad and like three, four years old and they know how to operate it. And you're right, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so okay, so you've been into wrestling. So did you have like influences? Or was it just straight into it, like you watched it and you liked it and you just got into it? No, I had influences. I loved Michael PSAs and Jake Roberts were my two biggest influences for my career. Mm. You know, Michael PSAs before, you can see a lot of that in my old character, Scotty Devotti, Scotty Flamingo. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then you can see a lot of Jake in, uh, in the Raven character. Yes. Big Definitely. influence, huge influence. Definitely. Yeah, I love, I love, um, I, I, you some know, Kevin, some Kevin Sullivan too, some Kevin Sullivan, you know, but mm. I just, I made it into an, an amalgamation of, you know, a little bit from here, a little bit from there. And then the rest I just took from, you know, from my life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So tell me how much, um, without, I guess, breaking kayfabe, as they like to say, how much would you say influential when you came up with the Raven character, how much of that did incorporate into the real life version versus the character of Raven. What do you mean? Like, okay. you know how sometimes with your character, sometimes it's a blend of who you are in real right. life. It's always, it's always, it's always best if it's if it's you, if it's you magnified by ten mm. or a hundred or whatever. It, you're better off playing yourself because you know yourself. You know. Yeah. So, you know, so playing a character. You know, most of us aren't good enough actors to uh, portray anybody but ourselves, you know, in some exaggerated way. Agreed, agreed. And I like that advice because that's actually good advice because I know um, there are people who try to figure out their ways of a character. And I've never actually heard it interpreted like how you just said that because 
it would be cool whenever, let's say, if I was trying to think of a character, um, to know, like, okay, well, who are you in real life, and how can you maximize that times ten? Well, well, to be most characters are just two dimensional. You know, I tried to be a three dimensional character that that you would that you would understand him, that you would know why he does something, you would know exactly what he's gonna do mm-hmm. because that's that's his behavior. You know, like you he would have a certain type of behavior that, you know, if you put him in a certain situation, obviously this was going to happen. And, um, and, uh, and so I made it deeper and, and I made it deeper and I made it, and I used parts of my own life and parts, you know, that I made up and parts that I felt and, uh, and, and custom made it into something that was, uh, there was both me and bigger than me. And yet, yet, yet I found myself once I became, once I started becoming Raven, that it, seemed, it was like art imitated life by Raven becoming, by you know, me becoming Raven, art imitated life. But then my life started to imitate my art because then I started to become too deep into Raven mm-hmm. and my drinking got worse and my drugs got worse. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I had to find a happy medium, you know, where he ends and I begin, you know. Mm, yes, I love it. I love it. And that's you know, um, it, was, it was like it was like um, I had to get to the point where, like, you know, it, it was weird. It was like like close friends would call me Raven, mm-hmm. and uh, like real like real close people, and I'm like nah, it's, or like girlfriends would call me Raven, and I'm like nah, it's, you got to call me Scott, you know. I mean, like yeah. there has to be a boundary, you know what I mean? Yeah, but but I prefer people that don't know me to call me Raven because they don't know me. You know, they only know Raven. Yeah, and, and and that's a big pet peeve of mine. Like when fans call you by your real name, like they think they know you. Yeah, because and and of course the the argument from the fans are that uh, you know that um, you know it's like an actor. You're playing a role. You're not that person. So except we play one role for life, more or less. And mm-hmm. as you know, you don't call Tom Cruise, you know, his roles, but Tom Cruise plays different roles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You do call Marilyn, but you don't call Brian Manson, uh, Marilyn Manson, Brian Warner. Mm, this is true. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing with wrestling. Wrestling, you know, you're playing one character and it's usually an extension of yourself. So when people call you by your real name, it's irritating because they don't know you. But by the same mm-hmm. token, it's also weird when, when, like if your doctor calls you that or you're, you know, or, you know, by your wrestling name or, um, you know, or, uh, or your friend, you know, close friends or relatives, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like they should, they should call you by, you know, they shouldn't, cause then, then, then it's like, then you're buying into your own gimmick, you know, believe yeah. in your own hype, you know, so there's gotta be a line somewhere, but, uh, but it's, it's weird though. Like, um, you know, when I was at the, at the peak of my fame, you know, in WCW and WWE, mm-hmm. um, you know, fans would, uh, I mean, like, you know, like you call places, like, let's say you're calling to make a doctor's appointment, you mm-hmm. know, and, you, and they go, what's your name? You go, Raven. And you're like, they're like, <laughs> Raven? Raven what? I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, you had to, you had to separate the two because it's weird. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you're used to being Raven all the time. Ah, this is man. a weird thing. I can imagine, especially um, as you mentioned, like I think about the times in like when you mentioned WCW and WWE, especially 
at a time where those two companies were going head to head, I could imagine with the, the, the schedule and, and being on the road all the time, as you mentioned, like to be that character literally almost every night or every other night when you're yeah, five doing, nights, five, six nights a week. Yeah. Like that, that has to be one of those things. And, where, and wrestlers, wrestlers 90% of the time call you by your wrestling name, just because, okay. you know, we don't know each other's real names, you know, and, and it's kind of pretentious to just to go figure out somebody's real name and just go call them by it. If you don't know them because you don't know them, you know? Yeah. And, and then you get in the habit of calling them by their real name, by their wrestling name, because that's what you're used to, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like Billy Gunn uh, goes there as Billy, you know what I mean? I would never mm-hmm. call him his real name. I could, it would be so weird to call him that, but it's also must be weird for him. Like, he goes to the, you know, when he goes to the doctor and the doctor goes, hey, uh, and he calls him by his real name, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I get, I get, I can relate to that. Um, I do music myself. So when I'm not a hostess here, when I'm not hosting, uh, generally, that's what I go through separating the artists. Oh, oh wait, from... oh, one other thing, one thing, one other thing about the Billy. The reason uh-huh. with Billy, it's more like a name, like the real name. Mm-hmm. It's more odd because you're, it's a real name. Like Raven oh. isn't, Raven isn't, you know, Raven's a one word name. It's not necessarily like a person's name. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, you know, but like Billy Gunn, if you just call him Billy all the time, it's, I'll tell you, it was like when I was in, when I was in WWE, WWF mm-hmm. when I was a producer for for Monday Night Raw when I was Johnny Polo they all thought my name everybody in the office thought my name was Johnny so when I came back as Raven years later they would still call me Johnny and that Johnny was you know Scott's my real name you know but they uh-huh. would call me Johnny because they just assumed that Johnny was my real first name you know they they probably figured Polo was an affectation but you know a moniker but they figured Johnny was probably my, so it's funny so I guess that's why with with actual names, you know, like if you're if you're, you know, say you're um, say you're a character like the Undertaker, nobody's gonna call you that. Hey, uh, you know, you know, you, it's a, it's a, it's not a name. It's not a household. You know, it's not a regular name. It's not a regular person's name. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, or the Big Boss Man or something like that. The Disco <laughs> Inferno. Yeah. You know, so it's weird in that sense, but. It's also weird when fans try to, because it's also irritating. Back to that point, mm-hmm. when fans try to call you by your real name, because it's like they're trying to ingratiate themselves with you, and it's and it's it's pretentious, because it's like you don't know me well enough to call me that, and you're only doing that so that you can sound like you're cool. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? and it actually works against you. It makes you uncool. It makes you uncool. There you go. Yeah. It's like. You know, get to know a person first before you try to call them by the first name. You know, it's right. easy to Google it. You know, yeah. like, you know so I, I totally understand you on that, Mr. Raven. And that's why it's like, you know, um, you 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 really have been the personification of your character in terms of like literally letting people know, like, like it was guys like you and the Jeff Hardys and and so many of the world that where I felt like it, y'all made it cool to be like a social outcast type where like yeah, yeah. I ain't got to be Mr. Popular out here trying to fit in with everybody else like you know what if I want to dress the way I want to dress and look the way I want to look dye my hair or you know yeah. anything like it was it was so cool like I was actually watching one of your matches from WWE 
um, where it was actually a match with you and Jeff Hardy. Um, I believe that was on a Monday Night Raw. And it was right, at t- right around time when they started doing the separate shows. So you guys were like raw guys. And mm-hmm. um, literally, <laughs> I can hear on commentary, you know, because as a kid, you don't pay, you pay attention to commentary, but you don't really pay attention to commentary because you're watching the matches and you you know, yeah, you're, I you're disagree with you. See, I paid attention to the commentary. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. To me, to me, I, what I loved about wrestling was the soap opera, not mm-hmm. the not the the matches were were just an extra part of it that made it better. But Ooh. it was the soap opera of wrestling that I loved. You know, the morality play, the good versus evil, mm-hmm. you know. And so to me, like uh, you know, I didn't go for like the matches were second to the to the to the plot lines, the you know. Problem. Okay. As opposed to, as opposed to some people like the matches, you know, they're all about the matches, you know, like the, yeah. you know, the stooge sheet reading people that, you know, they'll give a match that got booed five stars, but the people mm. were bored because then it was all, you know, they didn't tell a story, you know what I mean? They just did a bunch of high spots, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and I do and agree. So, yeah, you know, it's like in, in, a, in the movie world, if, um, if you make just a movie about car crashes, People are gonna shit on it, you know what I mean? There's no, <laughs> yeah. there's no storyline. Yes, sir. but in wrestling, if you make it, if you do a storyline, if you do a match with all car crashes and no story, people are gonna, you know, the the internet is gonna pop for it and uh, and give it good reviews, which is ridiculous. But it's not the main. The main population of wrestling fans, the, the when you draw in the casual audience, they're there for the plot, they're mm-hmm. there for the storylines and the characters, yeah. and. Uh, they're not, the matches are just ancillary. It just, it happens to take place in, in an athletic contest. It's, you know, it's like general hospital, but it takes place in a wrestling ring as opposed yeah. to a hospital. That's why they're there. That's how you get the casual fans. Yeah. You know, that's how you get the majority of fans. But the internet is composed of a small vocal, a very vocal minority that chooses, that has a, that has a bigger say has a bigger um, say in what, not the say, but they have a bigger influence on what goes on with up and coming people because up and comers, A, they don't have star, they don't have the big stars to teach them mm-hmm. how, to re- how to wrestle, you know, not just how to do high spots. Mm-hmm. And also the only way they're going to get noticed is that they do a bunch of crazy high spots. So it's a, it's a self, uh, self-defeating uh, system. Yeah. It just lends, lends itself to more car wrecks and less plot line less psychology you know and i agree with that because as much as i like well of course you do yeah i because well how could you not yeah i mean because you're telling the truth here like it's like i like the wrestling side of things but i also like the character side because you 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 remember like people will knock wwe these days for certain things and i get when they say that the product's not at its best but like they still focus on trying to create characters you know like when they talk about this new version of nxt right now they are working on like giving you characters again where it's like something you're gonna remember like you remember a raven or the godfather of val venus or yeah but i'm not saying there's anything wrong with being with being super athletic and doing crazy high spots i'm just saying but you have to you know i always i always go back to Elix Skipper did the most amazing move in the history of wrestling. He uh, he had a big cage in TNA. 
Yeah. Uh, and it's a high cage. It's not the old NWA short cage. I remember. Yeah. And it's the high cage. And he walked the top rope, yep. corner to corner, the top of the cage, nothing to hold on to. You know, like mm-hmm. yeah, the Undertaker walks the top rope, but he holds uh-huh. your arm to balance himself. Absolutely. He walked the top of the cage with nothing to hold on to. And then, and then when he finally got to the next set, he did a Frankensteiner, but it wasn't even the finish. Man. The greatest move ever. And it yeah. wasn't even the finish. Nobody remembers it except me. Except, and I, and it's only because, like I told, like I used to tell Elix, I go, if if you're not over as a character, they don't care. They're, you know, you can keep learning moves and keep building your your arsenal of cool stuff to do, but mm-hmm. you have to be over with the people. You have to build your character and develop that. And nobody develop, nobody works on that really, or at least you know, I don't know. I don't watch it anymore, so I I don't know. So maybe they do now, but but they didn't and. And it's probably because it's harder, it's more difficult, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and if you're an if you're very athletic, it's easier to be very athletic. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I was a shitty I was a shitty athlete, so you know. So <laughs> so I, I was good enough to look like I, I was good enough that I could, and I was able to recognize, like, uh, study people's body language, so that I was able to emulate and look like a good athlete. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a good, I, you know, I was a mid Carter at best, like in high school, you know what I mean? In yeah. uh, athletics and uh, mid car or, or, you know, in wrestling. I mean, I started re- as a wrestler, but I was, uh, but, you know, my record was like six and eight, you know, usually everybody's like 14 and one or, you know, or 12 and two or mm-hmm. two and 12, you know, usually they're one or the other, but I was in the middle. I was a mid Carter, very <laughs> few mid Carters in high school wrestling. Oh, man. But, uh, but yeah, but that's only because I didn't do cardio. But, uh, <laughs> so if I didn't pin the guy in the first two minutes and I was getting pinned, I'm, I'm <laughs> off on a weight tangent. But yeah, I, I even had a finisher in high school too. So because like, oh. because uh, we were all big wrestling fans. That's why I got into high school wrestling because I was a pro wrestling fan, you know? Uh-huh. Absolutely. And you got to see the difference between the two because I know a lot of people realize, even though you can take... Um, high school wrestling, college wrestling, and you can incorporate that. Uh, it's totally, yeah, it's totally different. Yeah, it's, it's so different. And, um, but, yeah, but, but that's the reason I did it, though, you know, because, yeah. because uh, you know, I figured, you know, and, and, uh, and it was a solo sport, so I could get individual glory, you know, mm-hmm. which I like. I love that. That's awesome, man. That is, you see, I, that's really cool that, some, that wrestling just has that full connection with you that led you to the business the way it did. So, you know, um, what I've always wondered, though, is like, how did you get that, you know, because my first, believe it or not, I knew about you from WCW, of course, but like, I really got to see a lot of your matches when you made that transition to WWE, because of course, with WCW, I played the games as well. So I remember the infamous promos that they had with, I believe that was WCW NWO Thunder. I believe it was. And like whenever you selected a WCW guy, it would show your picture, but then all of a sudden there'd be a graphic of you cutting a promo. <laughs> and like yours would always be one of my favorites because you look, <laughs> you just had this look like, like, man, I don't know why you're trying to pick me, but you would right, literally right. like, <laughs> you would like. Yeah, disinterest. Yeah, like it was like you had this look where it was just like, you can pick me if you want, but you don't need to. But what about yeah. me? You know, yeah, what exactly. about Raven? Because <laughs> well, it's all part of the character. You know, you have to, 
you have to be your character whenever you're on camera. You know, the minute you mm -hmm. walk, the minute you walk through the curtain till the minute you're back in the curtain, you're that character. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and 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 you felt that um, for sure. And and I always wondered, you know, because because of the kayfabe, like you 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 did you kept you kept kayfabe alive. I take it with your character usually, like if you were in a public place, maybe like Raven would be Raven. I take it, like because yeah, I mean, no, I mean, uh, it was it was me. So I mean, it was it was me magnified. So no, I wouldn't go to the you know to, I wouldn't. I was just being myself, you know what I mean? I wouldn't, yeah, there's really no reason to kayfabe. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't kayfabe anymore because it was way past, you know, kayfabe had been broken, you know, mm -hmm. but then with the internet, especially, you know, broke, yeah. you know, giving away everything. But, you know, but I also, look, I was, when I got into business in 87, mm -hmm. you had to tell people it was real, which was embarrassing because it, it looked so fake. You know, like it looks much more real now than it did then. And mm -hmm. back then it was supposed to be realistic, but the, for the majority of matches, they look like they look totally fake. You know, they look uh. like uh, bullshit. And uh, <laughs> and so you would tell people that people would go, hey, is wrestling real? And, and they knew it wasn't, but they didn't know 100 percent for sure. So they wanted confirmation and they'd yeah. go. And so you'd have to go, yes, it's real. And then, of course, they'd go, no, it's not. <laughs> but the weird thing was, is. It's if you go, no, it's not to go, well, I saw this one match that was real. And you go, nope, that was fake too. And they go, uh-uh, that was real. I, I guarantee those people were in each other for real. So yeah. No matter which way you went, they, 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 they would go the opposite way just because it either confirmed what they thought or didn't, con or it wasn't confirming what they wanted. You know, I agree. It, it, it for me, I was that kid at that time because when I would have those who were non-wrestling fans be like, you know what you're watching that for? That's fake. We'd be fighting and arguing up and down. Well, when I Archie, we Archie Bunker said it best. He said, uh, Meathead goes, uh, Archie Bunker was on the TV show for people, for listeners, younger listeners, All in the Family. He was in a TV show called All in the Family. It was a big time show in the 70s. Mm -hmm. And the character was a uh, was a racist and a xenophobe, but whatever. Uh -huh. Anyway, but but the character was asked. He goes, "Why do you watch wrestling? It's fake." And he goes, "Look, he goes, they may know who's going to win, but I don't know who's going to win." <laughs> and that's it. It's because yeah. you don't know who's going to win. You know, it's and it's a drama, and that's why. That's also why it has to be plot driven and character driven because mm -hmm. it's not real. You know, and I mean, and let's face it, UFC's gotten so much bigger as characters, you know, as, as, as Conor McGregor and John Jones and bigger stars, yeah. people become bigger stars, the product grows, you know, and when the car and when the when the characters are when the wrestlers are a bunch of no names, you know, the fighters are a bunch of no names, people don't tune in. That's they why they don't tune in as much for their I watch it religiously every week, you know, <laughs> every Saturday. Yeah. But, but um but most shows people don't watch because it doesn't have any stars on it because it's all about stars, you know, stars doing, telling stories. I totally agree. And and you're right. That's, that's what miss is missing, but it's, it's making its comeback. It is um, in a lot of fields, you know, even with boxing, we just saw Fury and Wilder, you know, right, yeah. of boxing, like when it was at its peak in the nineties and even, I guess you could say early mid two thousands, like, when heavyweight division is at its peak with characters, it it just makes boxing 
that much more enjoyable. So right, I started. What I used to be a big boxing fan in certain periods, mm -hmm. um, and then uh, you know, then I'd stop watching. Then I'd become a fan again. I'd stop watching, mm -hmm. and uh, and then I, I just started watching again only because of the Fury uh, uh, Wilder fight. Yeah, you know, I, I actually bought the pay per view. You know, I haven't bought a boxing fight pay per view. <laughs> I don't think ever, maybe. Wow. <laughs> Maybe ever. I might have bought one, I'm sure, somewhere, but I, not that I can think of. That And that says a lot. That that right there says a lot, because that's a long history of fights over the years. Yeah, well, I, well I'm sure, no, I bought Tyson fights. I'm sure I bought Tyson okay. fights. Yeah. Were you ever mad at those Tyson fights, knowing how quickly they would probably... Oh, I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> hated it. Oh, man. Like, everybody I remember being so angry because they were like, man, I paid this much, and he just knocked him out in, like, 30 seconds. And you're like... Yeah, but the casual fan, though, the casual fan generally enjoyed it, though, because they came to see a, a knockout. You know, they wanted to... You know, it was like they came to see a squash match. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tyson would draw against no-names. No you know, he was... That's how big a star he was. Man, and you gotta love that. You, you gotta yeah. love that. You gotta love that. So I'm glad that he gets his respect now as a, as a, as a cool dude. You know what I mean? As a yeah, because he yeah he was just a problem child. You know what I mean? He had, yeah. You know the guy talks with a squeaky voice. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know the guy had to be made fun of so much back as a kid. Yeah, you know, um, a lot of people we've seen um, legends, especially like I said, uh, no matter the sport from UFC, WWE, and, and you know wrestling and everything. You see people get more of their respect um, the older they go because it's like in the moment, you know how they say you never know what you got till it's gone. But like when they're done, like a Tom Brady or somebody, when he's done, you'll be like, yeah, you know, people will start liking him eventually and then they hate him now, but they'll like him. Yeah. But, but look like at him. Ali. Ali was despised. Ali, people uh, would spit on his. Oh my God. He was so, he was the most hated man on the planet. And now, mm -hmm. and then he became the most beloved man on the planet. And nothing changed about him. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you know, I, I say that with all the greats and what, you know, what we appreciate is that, you know, appreciate him now. I mean, I'm guilty of it. There'll be like, oh man, I hate that guy. He's always winning. But then, you know, you appreciate it because you know that's greatness that you're seeing. Right. And it's It's a beautiful thing, man. So, you know, back to you, Mr. Raven, of course, with your career. I will say, um, in your time in WWE, do you know one of my personal favorite matches of yours? Uh, I really enjoyed your hardcore run for sure, just being hardcore champion, because I would I would like, you know, say that honestly, as a kid, that was probably one of my favorite titles just because I really did like that 24-7. Yeah, it was crazy. great. I loved it. Like you could tell looking back as I've gotten older and rewatched a lot of those matches, like okay sure they seem short right like in terms of like when you look at a generation where matches are like going the distance you look at those matches you're like man they were pretty quick but at the same time they were still entertaining and you could tell they you guys had a lot of shit. fun yeah yeah i know but, but, but well, my mind i would maintain were better than everybody else's mm -hmm. or because i used psychology like i didn't everybody else the minute they got in a hardcore match just mm -hmm. put through psychology away and just hit each other back and forth, you know? So it's just a back and forth match, which yeah. doesn't build any drama, you know? Yeah. So, but I, I told a story, you know, the baby face gets, you know, shine, the heel gets heat, the baby face mm -hmm. makes a comeback, you know? And and when you do it that way, you get a much better reaction. You know, I just, and why I like the hardcore stuff is because it gave me more props to use. Like it gave me more, 
you know, so if I could already tell a great story with psychology with just wrestling moves, if I mm -hmm. add in all these other flavors, it just adds to the to the product if you know how to do it right. You know, it's like, yeah. why hit a guy with a chair in the head if you could drop toe hold him on the chair? You know what I mean? This is true. Same with accomplish the same thing, but it's more it's more interesting, it's more creative, it's more dramatic. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I, I always like Sabu's way where he would throw the chair at your head. Oh yeah. <laughs> like instead of swinging it, he'd throw it at you. Throw it at you, yeah. And, and it would, and that way makes the best noise too, because you, you can, as you're going, as you're like, as you're coming up to feed for it, you can smash your hands against the chair as it's coming, as it's and knock it away from you, and it makes so much noise that it, because the fans only hear it, they can <laughs> see it and they can hear it, but they can't feel it. Yeah. So, and that's why selling is so important. We get on another subject of mine, the pet peeve. People don't <laughs> sell enough, but uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You, you. I, I noticed that your selling um, was definitely an underrated tip, um, just in those hardcore matches. Because I would watch how you would sell things, and um, that actually led to my point. Because of those hardcore matches, uh, there's a couple that stuck out to me that I like. I even really went back and rewatched a few of them. And the Rhino one. Favorite, okay, so my favorite one for you was definitely WrestleMania 17. Oh, yeah. that you had man let me tell you just that whole the story you were able to tell with those two in that match like was just <laughs> from the moment Kane just got out there and literally like you're out there like with the girl you know I always love the shopping cart full of goodies yeah. you know like you were the only wrestler to ever do that and I just love how you would just come out there and just like literally okay I'm gonna just throw this out Throw this well, out. that was that Casting. psychology behind it because it, Vince wouldn't wouldn't want you to put stuff under the ring that didn't belong there. It's like, <laughs> why would it be under the ring? So, right. But so I wanted to have all the props available. I didn't want to have to go hunt for them and go, you know, either look under the ring or go back to the back and get them. I brought them out mm -hmm. with me. That way, they're all there. You know, <laughs> saves time and energy. Oh yeah, you know, because you were out there like even while Kane's making that long dramatic entrance that he does, you know, you were out there like. All right, cool. You know, you coming out, do your thing. I'm just gonna keep shopping and grabbing goodies, and then next thing you know, there it is. Like the psychology is just straight as the match even starts. Like he looks, he notices you're there, and then like he's like, uh, uh, I'm coming right after you, and like y'all just start going at it. Big Show's not even there yet, and then next thing you know, boom, it just turned into like a massacre from there. The moment he got sure. out, and then you guys are just fighting all over the arena. And like you said, the glass spot was one of my favorites because I was just like, as a kid, I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> he just tossed it through the glass. Like, and, yeah, that was and, cool. You know, seeing Big Show and Kane go through the door and then you come sneaking in and like, all right, cool. Both the big guys are down. Let me throw this table on him. And, you know, you're trying to get away. And I love how you always did that with every match. Like, you would fight, but then you'd be like, okay, I'm going to just... I'm, I'm out. Like, I'm just going right. to go ahead and take my title. And, right. and, and then, like, if you had an opportunity to get that pin, you would get well, that people, pin. Well, people people always think it's hard to tell people, but just because you're retreating doesn't mean you're cowardly. You know, right. I mean, but, 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 A, if you're healed, then that's fine. You want to be cowardly, you know? So you want people mm -hmm. to think you're being cowardly. Um but it's also if, if if your character is too tough to be cowardly, which you know, which is such a prime heel characteristic, you know, mm -hmm. um, the uh, if you're too tough for that, then it, you can just take it like a Terry Gordy would do it. He would do a strategic retreat. You know what I mean? 
Oh yeah. Like Terry Gordy was the best at, at like at getting beat up and then walking away without, you know, and you know, fighting, getting, you know, out of the way, out of the way from the violent, you know, from getting hit. Mm -hmm. And uh with and it was like, is he being a coward or is he being tactical? You know what I mean? Right, right. And yeah. and you can tell, like looking back at it, that's why I personally, I know a lot of people will say that Crash rivaled you with his run, but I would say arguably you really were like the greatest hardcore champion thank you of that time because like you really just you i remember you made me say man i wish raven would lose that title i swear uh -huh. like, every time you well, thought, that's, that's like, like the, the best compliments you ever get the best compliments i get are when people go up to my friends and go is he mm -hmm. really that big a dick in real life <laughs> that's like the ultimate compliment you know it's like people think that uh you know like you know, first of my friends would come up to me and say, like, don't have your, I don't want you to hurt your feelings, but this guy mm -hmm. says, but, but somebody, one of you, you know, this guy come up to me and say that, I go, no, that's, that's what I want. That's what I want people to go. That guy's an <laughs> asshole, you know? Yeah, I know. You know, it's funny too. And that, that goes back to the kayfabe when I asked you that question earlier, because I actually experienced that once with you, not myself personally, but like when I was a kid, I remember somebody, I was with some some friends uh, and somebody had a story to tell about you once where they said, they were like, yeah, man, that guy Raven, man, he's a dick. Like, they yeah, were yeah. like, man, I tried to come up to that man and say, what's up? You're like, hey, you know, I think they said you were like eating breakfast or something and they just wanted to come say hi. And they were like, man, he didn't look at nobody. He just was, he was a dick. And I was like, is he really like that? Like, I don't know. Well, that, like, that's, you know. that's, I, I try not to be like, that, that's a little different. Like, I don't, I don't like to be a dick when people ask for autographs. So I'm going to say that they were either, I was in a really shitty mood mm -hmm. or they were bothering me. And I'm like, just, can you come back when I'm done eating? You know, yeah. and they didn't, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but no, when, when I'm away from the building, I, I see, that's why I, I, I don't like, that's why kayfabe is a kind of a good thing in certain ways that it's dead mm -hmm. because, you know, you have to give you have to give the fans time, you know, because you know at least a little bit of time before they become annoying. Um, at least a little <laughs> bit of time, just because they're the ones that pay your salary. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So yeah, so I tried not to take it to that extreme. You know, I mean, I meant I want them to call me to think I'm a dick because of my character on TV, not because they met me and think I'm a dick. That's not so good. But yeah, <laughs> I know, man. And and that's, it was just a it was a curiosity, which is like. This is how I know fate is, as, you know, Raven would say, you know, fate has brought us to this moment, you know, because fate is just showing me that, hey, Raven's a good guy. And I could tell that really from just previous interviews I've watched and seen yeah. you do. I'm like, Raven's a good dude. You can tell yeah. he's a good dude, man. Yeah, like, I am. <laughs> you know, but, man, honestly, you have really just showed people that, you know, like I said, I could go on with some of the matches I've really liked. I've always enjoyed. But we're, but we're running out of time, though. We are. We are. So that's why I said, you know, honestly, I think. No, you we got a few more minutes. We got a few more minutes. I'm got just, a few more minutes. OK, yeah. man. So I'll just I'll just sum it up by saying this, Mr. Ray. You can finish, finish what you're talking about. It's all right. Oh, no, you're good. So you're good. Like, see, I was going to say my favorite rivalry with you um, has always been what you and Jeff Hardy did, not just in WWE, but what you guys did in TNA. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think about the spots you guys did. Uh, I had a Jeff Hardy DVD where it had some of his best matches from his first time around there. And I would watch the match you and him had over and over because they had that cage match where like that spot 
that you took where you like on all of these tables. Yeah, and, yeah. Hardy just jumps off the cage, and it, that was like a phenomenal, crazy, holy crap ending, man. And even TNA just showcasing you and some of your like greatest TNA matches, um, man. You put on clinics for you know TNA, and I was just like, man. Well, you know, you know, it's a sad thing. I thank you for for recognizing that and appreciating mm-hmm. that. But the sad thing is, is is I'm like a rebounder in, in a way. Mm-hmm. Like I'm under like rebounders don't get noticed. Mm-hmm. But uh, but guys who sell don't get noticed as much. Like you know, like it's always Jeff Hardy did all these cool things, but you don't say Raven did some amazing selling. You know, yeah. people yeah. don't look, people don't think of that. And and I think I sold as well or better than anybody in the business yeah. because that's what I that's what I was good at, and that's what I that's also what I believe is is the best. You know, is the most important one of the most important things besides psychology. I agree. Um, but uh. But you don't get credit for that. Like fans don't go, man, he sold his ass off. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> fans go, wow, look at that guy hit that big move. And, you know, and it's not like the guy who took the move, you exactly. know, gets any gets the props. You know, so it's like being a rebounder. It's, you know, like you know, you don't get to you don't get called. You know, like my matches wouldn't get you know from the sheets wouldn't get five stars. You mm-hmm. know, but I think if you looked at them. You know, like not that I care. I mean, it's no big deal. But, mm-hmm. but I, I just feel like it's an it's an underrated tool. It's it's the yeah. most underrated tool there is because, um, just because it's so it's so important. But but it's just not it's not recognized because the way today's style is, you know, and oh, yeah. and, and you know, like back in the day, you know, I guess. But it's it's respected among the boys. It's just not respected as much by the fans because it's like like I said, it's like being a rebounder. So yeah. thank you for recognizing that. That's my that was my point. Thank oh, you for ab- recognizing that. Absolutely. The selling, the selling again, like you said, you can't put on a good match without a proper partner that's gonna make you look good. Yeah. And help and keep you safe. And I know you've kept a lot of the talent safe and also, like you said, selling, but even when you've done things on your end, because you've had phenomenal matches, like I said, where I'm glad Impact showcased your highlights of matches you've had, where you went over and you were selling. Yeah, on, on, on my DVD, my greatest matches DVD, or my greatest TNA matches, mm-hmm. all my matches I picked them, they were all matches I lost. <laughs> I'm the only one who picks all losing matches on this DVD, but those are my best matches, you know? Yeah. But you, but you you had a monsters ball though where you know um or no it wasn't it wasn't a monsters ball was it a monsters ball I think it was a monsters ball I know you won the um I know you won the impact NWA championship where yeah. you came and I know that I was, was a monsters one. balls match it was it okay I thought it was that's why I was like I thought that was a monsters ball because I know it was always a interesting structure but you right. like I said you even in your moments man when you did win matches you still did a lot of dope spots. Yeah. And took a lot of spots too, so it's like it balances it out, you know. It balances it out, but I do find that hilarious that you pick the matches you lost as like, hey, those are yeah. no big pride, you know. Yeah, who okay. cares? I don't care. It's not. It's you know, you want to give the best matches to the fans. Those are the best matches, you know. It's it's uh, to me, it, like I took my ego out of it a long time ago. As far as is you know, not not in a not that I didn't you know need to be pushed and be used as a star not that way but i took it out as in the sense of uh like i didn't believe i didn't buy my own hype you know i mean Mm -hmm. like i didn't because like i wasn't a mark for myself you know 
Absolutely. So, yeah, and that's a, uh, and that happens to everybody at some point in their career. Like, you know, it happened to me in the early in my career and luckily I got, got over it really quick. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's it's weird. It, uh, that's a whole other topic. But suffice to say that um, that uh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> too many chair it's shots all, to the head. And you know, listen, it's all good, Raven. Listen, we thank you so much, man, because uh, you've been an amazing individual to talk to. I know the fans appreciate it. I definitely appreciate it. And like I said, man, personally. It's always great to meet someone like yourself virtually. We'd love to meet you in person for sure. That's an off-air conversation. But to you fans out there listening, again, this is what I enjoy doing is talking to talent, talking to people who are fans like myself, or vice versa, man, just bringing you every side of the spectrum as much as possible from the talent to the fans to the casual viewer, all of that. Y'all know how we do on this show. So that being said, Raven, um, I know you're probably not the biggest social media kind of person, but in case people want to follow you, yeah, is there I, anywhere? I basically I basically just do Twitter at, at the Raven Effect. Twitter at the Raven Effect. Okay, yeah. perfect, perfect. So, and my podcast is the Raven Effect podcast. Comes out every Monday. You can find it everywhere. It's uh, yeah, we don't talk about wrestling that much because because uh, mm -hmm. eh, that's all I talk about. You know, for thirty yeah. years, you know. Yeah. So we talk about everything but wrestling. It's wrestling adjacent. Okay, cool. There's nothing wrong with that. I've, I've followed yeah. a lot of wrestlers with their podcasts that do some of the same thing, you know, because I get it. When you've been in the business, you want to talk about other cool stuff. So I get that. And I plus, that. I don't watch the sport anymore. So, you know, so there's, I wouldn't know what's going on anyway, you know. Oh, man. That's okay. Have you ever, has has AEW reached out to you for any appearances that you know of as of late yet? Like, Not that this I know of. Okay, because no. I know they did an ECW um, appreciation it was kind of off air, but they did it with like, I know they had Taz. Yeah, they had guys who were in the company already. Yeah, guys who were in the company. I was just yeah. wondering if uh, they ever thought, you know, because I know Con Tony looks like he tries to pay respect to every part of the business. Um, so even with ECW, WCW, anything like that, uh, I know they're doing it with Owen Hart in the future and stuff like that. So I was just wondering if possibly they ever tried to reach out to you just to make an appearance or even manage mm -hmm. someone at some point, like somebody that's got like a, a Raven like feel to them in the future, you know? So no, 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 that's it. Maybe one day I might've, I might've spoke a little prophecy there, Raven. I don't know. You know, you never Maybe. know, man. You know, just, if I see, if I see you on, on, on a dynamite or a rampage one day, I'll be like, uh Oh, Raven. I told you, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but nonetheless, uh, Raven, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. And um, man, definitely salute to you, sir. Phenomenal career, phenomenal time. Thank you for everything you've done to the business and for the business. And uh, yeah, man, ladies and gentlemen, y'all already know how we do. This is the part of the show where we say thank you. And of course, I want to see all of y'all out there throw up those two sweet signs because this is our official two sweet Peace. Y'all take care, man. <laughs> Thank you.